This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Steve Hall is with us today. Text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. If I sound a little hoarse, it's because I've been um, ill. And I listen, this is my bag of pharmacy. <laughs> it includes um, steroids, antibiotics, and two different inhalers. I've never used an oh, inhaler you before. You on the roids? Yeah. So I'm on, Thanks uh, on the you're roids. <laughs> the roids have given me. Look at my hands. My hands haven't shaked like that since I shaked. Have shook. you had? My only experience of roids is uh, a the world's strongest men. Yes, that's a whole other. Who are roids on legs? Do you know what they're? Ro- I think it's fair to say they're they're fond of a roid. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember a storyline in Brookside where I'm afraid one of the characters, that was when they introduced the concept of roid rage. He got very up angry because he took the roids. So it just, he wasn't the one who ended up under the patio. <laughs> no, that was Trevor. This was Mick. I think okay. Mick got him to the roids. Okay. Was, that, was that one of the first examples of roid rage? Going big, I suppose the Hulk is the original roid rage. <laughs> well, that was, was wasn't that, that was Ray rage, wasn't it? Which doesn't sound as good. Was it gamma rage? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, um, I yeah, Ray rage. Is the rubbish. Oh. Your, does your dog get Ray rage? Uh, yeah. Well, now, sorry, Steve. There's an element of uh, ASMR to the rustling of the bag as well. There, I don't know what that means. You won't know what that is. It's, I think I'm getting the letters right. Is that um, where they talk very silently and it's meant to be soothing and therapeutic, and you rustle things? Oh, ASMR. oh, Frank, ASMR. Find out what it means. I don't like yes. that. It sounds like um, what I believe they used to call Mumbo Jumper. <laughs> That's so the sort of thing your dad would have said. <laughs> ASMR, oh, no. ASMR, what it is, the young people like it, Frank, and they go round to each other's houses, what you would have called dossing. Oh, yeah. And they say, um, hello, and the other one says, hi. So do you want to come round for some ASMR? And they say, OK. They turn up, they plan these things. Well, and they rustle their medication at each other. <laughs> they rustle. What else do they do? They'll do, it's about, or they'll tap each other repeatedly. Yeah. It's oh. called, it's autonomous sensory meridian response. Okay. As I said, <laughs> or MJ, as I call it. <laughs> Bombo, <laughs> jumbo. And it, it's, uh, it, it describes a, a tingling static-like or goosebump sensation in response to specific triggering audio or visual stimuli. There you go, Frank. But you could, there, are, there would be YouTube channels of someone rustling a bag like you rustle a bag for an hour. Mm. It caused me some concern the last time I watched uh, the original Dombo that the name over Dumbo's mom's enclosure yeah. is Mrs. Jumbo. <laughs> which means that Dumbo's full name is Dumbo Jumbo. So if Dumbo Jumbo, if, he, if Dumbo ever gets involved in any sort of uh, spiritual thing, he starts talking about it to the press, you just know what the headlines are. <laughs> OK, well, mate, look, I'm not knocking. I've never heard of it before. It might be this time next year I'm saying, you know, I've just done me MS. What is it? ASMR. I've just done me ASMR and I've been rustled into oblivion. <laughs> but um, I've got... Um, so I've got the old... Inha- you know the inhaler that looks like a periscope? The, the traditional blue inhaler. Oh, no. I've got that and then I've got a thing that looks like Harry Potter might whip out of his... Um, <laughs> 
out of his uniform. Oh, what's that? Have you got one nice wand? It, no, it's it's a circular inhaler. Have you seen one of these? I want to show it to the people on the just look. It's a circular inhaler that you slide around. I'm just saying that and then looks like put... something I might have in one of my bedside drawers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And then um, oh god, I have to. <laughs> I have to stop this. And then... Um, now, that's, that's ASMR. That's my mouthpiece, and then I pull that slide. Oh, and um, it fires white powder into my lungs. Where did you get this? <laughs> so there's a bloke um, in um, Leicester Square sells them. He sells them and like, crawling action men. <laughs> it's an interesting combo of stock, I thought. Um, I, I played um, Kate Bush. I played Kate Bush earlier uh, in the show on the main channel. And if you're on decades, you'd have heard different things. But um, there is a Kate Bush documentary on Absolute Radio called "The Strangest Thing" on Wednesday, the 28th of December. Uh, I don't have a time for it, but it'll be you know you check your schedules. Well, I wouldn't be plugging it if I wasn't on it. <laughs> I'm on it with my partner Kath, in fact, and uh, we both got interviewed. Me because I'm famous <laughs> when I work here, and Kath because she really is a massive. Yeah. She got some of her memorabilia out the other day, her Kate Bush stuff, signed things and rare box sets and all sorts of stuff. Worth a fortune, that's why we don't keep it at our house. And that's on at... Uh, that's 8pm. 8pm. 8pm on the 28th of December. I'm sure loads of Kate Bush fans uh, listen. Speaking of fandom, by the way, um, I got sent a book today which actually, even in my illness, made me go onto my toes. I went right up onto my toes with excitement. <laughs> And it's a book about uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks and um, and a sequel, um, which was uh, two films which were made as unofficial Doctor Who films with Peter Cushing as a man called Doctor Who, is actually his surname. And uh, they are brilliant. And it's a book about those and the pictures in it. I just want to say... It's a beautiful thing. If you know anyone who likes Doctor Who, I would get them. And it's, um, it was sent to me by John Walsh, who I think did the whole book and everything. Uh, it's, uh, oh man, it's a stunner. It's an absolute stunner. stunner. It's made, I've had some nice Christmas presents today come to the Lovely. thing. Yeah, but I wanna, I'll stagger them, <laughs> lest I, I should sound like some sort of Lord Bountiful. I was going to say, good for <laughs> you. Yeah, sorry, guys. As Christian I'm, Bale I'm holding back whenever. because normally when, when Doctor Who is, is raised, it, it infuriates Emily when, I, when I'm on. I don't We, I don't. we disappear down a, a cul-de-sac. No, I think, it, I think it's fine. I, um, if you, look, if you and your friend want to share a, right, a ribbon, <laughs> Old anecdotes <laughs> into the night. I'm quoting from a WC Fields film there. I apologise. I got my photo took with um, Jodie Whittaker and David Tennant. The Fantastic. At, um, at the Winter Comic Con. That was pretty special. I, I got very emotional at uh, William Russell. Was it? Am I getting the name right? William Russell, the... Uh, 
Yes, William Russell. Uh, popping up again. Ian Chesterton. Yes. Yes. It's the, the longest gap ever between a, a, a character appearing yeah. on he TV. He broke a record. You'll be interested in this, Emily. Oh, yeah, sorry. What's the biggest, I, I am listening. The biggest gap between a character <laughs> reappearing in a television programme. And it was something, something like 59 years. <laughs> oh, and he's still I alive. He's 96. That. By all accounts, he's still sharp as a tack. Oh. Did I tell you? I don't know if I told you. He's still got the same style. I like it when gentlemen of a certain age, they they never really, their style, they fixed it in the 70s. Fair enough. And they've still got a sideburn, a white yeah. sideburn. <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, Do you like that, Frank? He's retained that, certainly. Um, did I tell you that on the 23rd of November... Did I tell you this, Em? I don't think Steve was on that week. But on the 23rd of November at 5.16 which is when the first um, Doctor Who was broadcast, I sat and played the original theme to myself in my attic, oh. just to say, Ron Gray and Adelia Derbyshire, that one. How beautiful. lovely. Was it just you then on your just own? Just me, on my own, which is... Um... Did you have the heating on, or was it just... just... I'll tell you something, though. I'll tell you something about Comic-Con. I've never known any place on Earth where everyone of all interests and of whatever you are whoever you are, are really properly embraced and welcome. It's a beautiful, beautiful... I know you mock it, um, Em. I do. But it is so um, accepting. It started the accepting culture before it became a cool thing to talk about. Mm. So what about that? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Oh, sorry. Now, you were going to tell us someone from the outside world, which I'm always excited to hear. Ruth Jordan, one of oh, our regulars. You, she's as regular as Christmas itself. <laughs> it's one of the things I love about her is her regularity. What else do you love about her? I like the fact Oh, that like. She's... We're already down to like. <laughs> I We're down. We've gone past the red ink into the black. <laughs> okay, I'll stick with love. Okay. I like Jordan. I like Jordan as a surname. Do you? What do you like it as just a single name? <laughs> no. I always thought it was a sad day when Katie Price dropped Jordan. <laughs> Mainly because I first knew her as Jordan, but also I once went to the British Grand Prix, which was a tedious experience. Um, I like the helicopter ride, um, but the loud cars. Oh. It's very loud. <laughs> it was like trying to cross a road that you weren't trying that hard to cross. Um, anyway, it was, you know, there was interesting things happened on I mean, it. Um, Christa Berg in the uh, pits. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I don't mean when we worked in the mining industry together, I mean at Silverstone. And Jordan had been invited to the Jordan tent because she was called Jordan. Oh, guest of Eddie. Yeah, and she said to me, I've got no interest in this at all, but, you know, it's because I'm called Jordan. I said, it makes you think that all the names one yeah. could use to get invited to. But anyway, is, is sorry. Why she went back to Katie Prussia, you get an invite to our price, the, yeah, old, the old record store. Yeah, unfortunately, that was, that was very bad planning. Oh, I know. She gets sent a lot of KP nuts. <laughs> well, she said, never underestimate the pricey. Did she? she that, was her, that was one of her sayings. Yeah, never uh, underestimate the pricey. It's good. It's not up there with Seneca's the unexamined <laughs> life is not worth living. <laughs> but, you know... What about when, a fr when one of my dad's friends sent me that when I had my A-levels? I mean, come on, keep it light, mate. Oh, your dad's friends are an intellectual <laughs> group. Um, them and their mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> no, I love a bit of uh, unexamined life, etc. Ruth Jordan says, I think the key to ASMR 
is doing something that would have caused your dad to threaten to turn this car around and go home. If you and your siblings were doing it... I'm already alienated because we never had a car. (laughs) (laughs) We just turn our feet round for my anecdote. But what she's saying, yeah, so if you and your siblings were doing something in the back seat on the way to a family holiday... And and it was irritating. That Well, well, what she's suggesting is, like, kicking the seat repeatedly or tapping, because there's a lot of repetitive movement involved. Am I right, Steve? Yeah, that's that's therapeutic. Oh, it it doesn't champion that thing. At school, there was always those boys who had the bouncy leg. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's just like that. It's more, it's the, I think it's meant to be the physical equivalent of putting mint and tea tree tree shampoo on your head. Mm. That tingle that you get. It's It's a sensory pleasure. You all know about that with all your roid meds. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I don't really rub anything on me. Maybe I should. I don't. I use have a bit of moisturiser. Do you have a moisturiser? Oh yeah. How do you put it on your face? Yeah, only my face. Okay. That's all anyone sees nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't do hand cream. Although a woman stopped me at. Remember the religious lady from Chris Evans's? She works on talk um, radio, talk sport. She stopped me and said, uh, the right ga- the right windows in the day t- to apply hand cream. Because I was saying, Steve, like, hand cream, I don't know when you put it, because you're always using your hands. Hand cream yeah, is yeah. totally impractical. Mm. If it's on your yes, fingers. Yeah, of course. I so- once put it on in the bathroom. I couldn't get the door handle up. <laughs> I thought I should be in there forever. How much did I you have just, on? I had to just pay something down while it absorbed. <laughs> I've, I've, had to, I've had to shout to my wife for help to free me from the bathroom. Yeah, well, it was no good me shouting to your wife. You live in, <laughs> live in Oxford. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mr Peter Vernon oh, yeah. has been in touch. Maybe Dumbo's mum was Mumbo Jumbo. Oh, yeah. I don't think she was ever called Mumbo, though, in the... Uh, was she called Mrs Jumbo? She was, at one point, I think, sectioned under the Mental Health Act, if I remember when they tied her. Well, the, the term they used was Mad Elephant on the sign. Well, that's not... That's it not was... That good. was... You know the when you watch circus. Disney films and you think, oh, I don't like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wish they hadn't done this bit. <laughs> You know, I know you get your warnings, but they come out of nowhere, those. And also, you don't want to stop kids watching Disney films. No. But there's some bits... Was there a man who owned the circus? I'm presuming he wasn't a a popular character. Well, the the human beings never really... They don't have a big say in the original Dumbo. Don't they? And then in the the live-action remake, the animals are non-anthropomorphic. Oh. So the, the humans do all the talking. That's not yeah. good to I'm, man or beast. I'm no. nervous. Well, I've got a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. I'm nervous about showing those older Disney ones. I feel like I should watch them again myself. Because they, even the, the Little Mermaid from 30 years ago, the kids weren't into that. No. No, I remember reading Beatrix Potter and there's a bit where uh, I think it's um, the cousin Bonnie character. He's a bit naughty, so his dad just takes a branch down from a tree, strips it down, <laughs> absolutely canes the fur off him. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Peter Rabbit's dad has uh, not only been killed by the farmer, but eaten in a pie. I thought, this is a lot of... Ex- I'm doing too much explaining here. I'm like a human footnote. And find your own plots. I mean, it's all gone a bit... Yeah. I'm having that Shakespeare. <laughs> so I had some I had a first this week. I got my first hamper. All right. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. 
And uh, always an exciting moment, especially as this one was totally tonics. <laughs> no totally way. tonics. No yeah. way. That's Hang on, amazing. are those, those tea cake things? Well, that's part of the tonics empire. There's the tonics wafers, the tonics snowball. What's the tonic, tonic snowball? Well, I don't know. You know the stuff that's in the tea cakes? It's like a white, squidgy... <laughs> it's sort of like um, sugar snow. Oh, it's a... It's a slosh. If you imagine slosh tasted really nice. I don't know what it is. I, well, it's very... I think it's definitely on speaking terms with the walnut whip innards. <laughs> oh, it is. It's, I think they are. They might be related. Well, I think yeah, they might even be bedfellows. So the the uh, snowball is like a coconut ball full of that stuff. Oh, wow, this sounds want... absolutely. And surprised. there's even like some of the classic tonics, like the wafers and stuff, have come, come in a dark chocolate. Yes, thing, I've, I've, more I've, sophisticated. I, I've only I've only had a dark chocolate tonic caramel wafer once, and it's. It's like and seeing so, what's the, what's the phrase that you sometimes use. What will they talk about down on the farm now that they've seen Paris? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it's it's true. How are you going to keep them down ah, on the farm? Yes, um, the question for uh, Steve and Frank: Is the dark uh, tonics wafer? I mean, dark chocolate in general. Is this for the dads really? Let's be well, honest. Well, I've I've always found dark chocolate. <laughs> they think it's a hard. Bit, a big grown up. Yeah, because they think, oh, I'll eat this horrible thing like figs while everyone else is eating nice things. Yeah. Because I'm hard. Because it's Christmas, instead of buying conveniently already shelled nuts, I'm going to buy ones with shells on. Is this what? Chris, why? <laughs> My wife's a bit. Yeah, I'm going to try and blind someone with a shard, a shell shard, <laughs> shell shard. Why My do you do well, it, My Steve? wife's a. Uh, My wife's quite My a wife. chocolate snob, so she thinks that here in the UK we're used to low chocolate percentages in our chocolate bars. We grow up not being that fussed about it. She lived in Switzerland for a while, where it's oh. massive, high percentages oh. of chocolate. Yeah. Ooh, so she's she's, she's dark all the way. Do you ever get a fondue at home? We have very occasionally. She, we, she when she visits her sister in Switzerland, we always do a fondue. And she lo- she loves a fondue. Oh, fondue. Whatever happened to the steamboats? You remember that? I can't fondue. I had a very bad experience with a fondue in Joan le Pin, and I burned my lip. <laughs> Easily done on a fondue, but I don't know why you've sidestepped my steamboat <laughs> question. This is some terrible attachment. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I will talk later. Frank Skinner. So, look, I'm going to do... um, I think I've invented... I've decided that I've invented a Christmas game for all the family. And I'm going to to experiment with uh, Steve Hall and Emily Dean and see how it works. So you need a sheet of paper and uh, a pen... Okay, Okay. and this is going to be a very quick game. It's going to last seconds. And it might be one of these. It might be an utter non-event. I'm going to warn you about this. (laughs) I tried it on myself and found it perhaps the most difficult game I've ever played, including including Otello, which I found impossible. Oh, Otello was awful. I'm I'm nervous. So what you have to do is, from memory, as quick as you can, you have to draw... An ampersand. My goodness. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> are, we, are we done? I've stuck with my first one. Oh, you've got to stick with your first one. 
Okay. I know Time what up. I wanted, but I couldn't draw it. Okay, so we're going to we're going to put that video online. I haven't seen them yet, but um, I think it's a genuine challenge, memory and intellect wise, <laughs> and of course, um, auto thingy skills, whatever they're called. <laughs> All um, the things I don't have. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how they turn I felt out. quite frightened when you said it, I'll be I, honest. I'm, I'm guessing that um, whatever you do will be beautifully. It will look like it's come from a stationery shop. And I think Steve Hall is the sort of bloke who might use an ampersand well, in his everyday I, correspondence. It gave me a flashback to a traumatic moment from my childhood. What, another one? <laughs> yes, because well, I used to love Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. And when I was a kid, I couldn't draw an ampersand. So I, on my character sheet, I'd written Dungeons plus Dragons. Okay. And I was ruthlessly mocked. I like that. That nerds. sounds like Dungeons had been invited to a party <laughs> and uh, took some dragons as a kind of a plus one. Um, Which probably has happened. Question. Is this does, is this the end of the game? That's the end of the game. <laughs> and then I, I shall decide who's done the best Well, ampersand. I think we know that because I was genuine and I stopped. I suddenly couldn't remember and it's half done, but I, I like it. OK. I, I, I'm, can I say I tried this myself and I, I couldn't... I came up with a, some terrible hybrid yeah. um, hands across the sea, dollar sign meets pound sign. <laughs> I never use an ampersand in my normal correspondence. Yeah, well, you've yeah. got international representation. No, I prefer und, the, uh, the German word. I had a moment where I thought it was the at sign. That was my brief panic. I'll tell you, I had, a, I had an experience recently where I honestly thought something supernatural had happened to me. And what happened was this, is as David and I, uh, David Badil and I, were leaving the Royal Variety performance. He said, oh, no, I've lost my phone. Can you call my phone, Frank? Mm. So um, he's standing in front of me, so I call his phone, and uh, he answers and says, hello, Frank. <laughs> and it sounds exactly like David. <laughs> and I'm looking at David... And it, and it really got, I felt like a, yeah. a, a, a great wobble going through me. And what had happened is Al Murray had took Dave's phone and he'd answered. And for some reason, he sounded exactly like Dave. But there was like 40, yeah. there was a period of 15 seconds. I didn't tell anyone what had happened because I was so frightened to share in case I was oh. um, dragged to the ground. Yeah, that's terrifying. It was. I didn't want to end up with... Um, Mrs. Jumper. <laughs> but then I fessed up and everyone was looking at each other like, is it Frank or is, did that really happen? And then, oh man, that was, that's my uh, scary story for Christmas. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean. And um, Steve Hall is with us today. You can text the show on A1215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show, sure, via... Don't, don't email the show, because I, I don't know what it is. I like it. Via frank.absoluteradio.co.uk. Um, I've examined the ampersand competition. You are, I would describe your role as in, invigilator. I have, I've invigilated. <laughs> uh, the producer, Sarah, also took part. Mm. She did I, what I would call a sort of Scandinavian ampersand, yes. which had some extra <laughs> lines on it, like the seven. The Scandinavian seven, and sometimes, you know, you know the uh, no-entry um, 
O that you get yeah, in Scandinavian yeah. um, <laughs> writing that looks at something like an ancient Roman might play <laughs> uh, an instrument. Um, so I, the winner, I'm going to say, and I'm doing this purely on accuracy, not on artistic <laughs> content, was Steve Hall. By did a mile. Virtually perfect ampersand. This, is, this is the trauma of my Dungeons and Dragons experience. That I remember it was. It's basically my underdog comeback story. That I remember. I would have been thirteen, and I must have tried it a hundred times. And there was a real like, I'm going to win that pageant. Like I'd been, I'd lost in the first this act. Is, I'd been. This defeated. is one of the great underdog comeback stories. And then he I comes was, back years yeah. later and wins the absolute yeah. ampersand. Oh, I was running I like. up town hall steps in Philadelphia and You're drawing running, an ampersand. At the I like that the pageant he was longing to win was an ampersand. It was ampersand based. I feel what it demonstrates is a very, it's a great thing, and I do recommend people do it. I mean, I would describe it as a brief game. Yes, it is a brief game. But Christmas, I think, you know, you're lolloping around. You don't want to be. I mean, when the Monopoly comes out, I um, reach for my revolver, as I think. uh, I think Joseph Goebbels was he who said that? When I hear the word culture, I reach for my revolver. It's a bit of an odd game, isn't it, Minor? It's like, let's all sit around and pretend we work at Foxton's. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to exactly. do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll pretend I've got a new mini with a, with a grass <laughs> Get design one of those big on purple modern chairs and some fizzy water no, and a clear I, fridge. I don't like Monopoly. Uh, but Frank... Um, anyway, can I say that um, Sarah, the producer, was second with her Scandinavian ampersand. I'm afraid, Emily, and like I say, I couldn't tell this because I failed at it myself. <sighs> Yours was a non-recognisable ampersand. <laughs> um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, I'm looking now, to move into the European competitions. <laughs> we debated, yeah, we debated uh, uh, during the music break whether everyone knows where an ampersand is. But I feel that I have steadily winnowed the um, the listeners to this show down to a tiny number, yeah. which um, all know what an ampersand is. That's where I feel yeah, we are. Well, this, Frey Bentos from a few weeks the ago. The thing about yeah. this is that, uh, and I believe you experienced this, Frank, we know what it is, but when you're put on the spot, the drawing of it is another matter. You think I, you know what it is. I did a sort of... Uh, Slightly Victorian uh, currency sign. Yeah, it looked like a currency sign from. What, but how was yours? So my, mine, um, mine, as I said, fell into a somewhere between a dollar and a pound. Oh. But was there was no plus yeah. or and element to I'm it. I really. if Camber Sands has ever made use of its proximity to ampersand. Oh, yeah. With a graphic design. <laughs> I've been to Camber Sands. You have to be careful with Camber Sands. It's got some nasty undercurrents. Like yeah. ampersands, I find. Ah. Yeah. Um, can I just, just some news I'd like to share, a couple of things quickly. Maybe, could I say, maybe ampersands could make this competition some sort of big public event. <laughs> With like large screens oh, like they do on the chess. <laughs> large screens? Yeah, you know, like at the dart, so you can be part of what is actually quite a small thing. That's oh, yeah, it is... I was just going to say, I think if you're going to organise it, Frank, I mean, I, I really want to encourage you because I think it's lovely you've had this idea, but <laughs> just how much, how do you think, um, how many people would come and given that it only lasts about 12 seconds? The problem with it as well is that once it's out there, 
People are going to practice the ampersand. They're going to look yeah. one off. You've really got. It's the thing <laughs> you have to start riding. Yeah, you have to spring. You have to spring it on people. If if you're going to do it this Christmas, don't tell them the day before. Or just don't tell them. Or they'll just be on the, the internet. I think it could be one of the sporting crown jewels that stay on terrestrial TV. The canvas sands ampersand. Yeah. <laughs> the final is over very quickly and then the judge just goes, and? No, it'll only be a, and what, what about Steve? It, hosted, the goth- by, hosted by? <laughs> oh, yeah. Love. What will you wear, Frank? Who would host it? I don't think I should host Why? it. Why? Because it should be someone like Victoria Cora Mitchell or something like that. <laughs> no, it's sort of I high see brand. you as sort of William G. Stewart. Know, but people, people still not happy with me doing the highbrow stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they find the accent great in those discussions. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, I had another present sent me. I sent. I got a book um, sent me by Peter Ulrich who wrote the book and um, it's called Drumming with Dead Can Dance and Parallel Adventures, a memoir. Are you familiar with Dead Can Dance? Are they a 4AD band? Are they... What does that mean? Record label 4AD. Oh, I don't know that. Lisa Lisa Girard is the um, lead vocalist who's got a voice... I once once heard a singer described in a... a, a, um, in a review saying that she had a voice like an angel giving an account of the Holocaust. And Lisa Gerard, it really does sound like it's coming from somewhere different. Mm. And um, Peter Ulrich, um, as it said, was uh, drummed with Dead Can Dance. And it's all about that. This is exactly, you know, we get a, there's a lot of mad musos listen to um, Absolute Radio. You should try this out. I'm, I'm looking forward to dipping into this. So thank you, Peter. Sent it personally, as far as I can tell. And uh, it's, uh, I look forward to finding out the inside story. Yeah. I saw them, uh, what was it, National... Festival Hall a couple of years ago, I think. Anyway, of course it was there. On the uh, on the subject of musicians, we've actually had a request uh, from Josephine, who said it's been far too long since Frank gave us his Brian Ferry. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the voice is not what it was, but um, my my Brian Ferry um, consists of I I loved Roxy music very much. And then I sort of followed him, but I was less interested in the cover versions, though I did like A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, which was very, at his most fairy-esque, which sort of went, Where have you been, my son? Have you been, my delicate word? And it's... Um, I like him when he's at his, at his most staccato. Which, could you give us a, we, is it we are flying down to Rio? Um, he doesn't do requests. No, no, I, I think you've mixed <laughs> me up. Have I gone too specific? <laughs> it's not John Colshaw on Capital Radio now. Here's the thing. It's a bit like Ray with tricks. He'll do it in his own time. <laughs> yes. Um, Danny Tolhurst. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? I remember Danny. Did Is it just the same people that text us every week? <laughs> <laughs> I think what? we've got the numbers down to about 12. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> what it's do... a good number for followers. Yeah, what, of course. What do Frank, Em and Steve think will be tomorrow's tabloid headlines relating to the England v France match? Presumably puns are plenty. OK, yes. I think we can let that marinate. Have a think about that, boys. It doesn't have the level of excitement of the ampersand game. 
but it might be fun. Uh, Franz get caned. Oh, I think. will there be a Macron? I don't know if they can. It might, that might be a bit posh for them. Yeah, to that weave, might be too. <laughs> yeah. Holy Macron. Oh, lovely. No, smoked Macron oh, if they're absolutely that's, destroyed. Yeah, that's good. But I don't know what he's got to do with it. That yeah. might be more like the New Statesman headline or something. I don't know if they're making stuff. OK, we'll give the... There's always a Zutalor, isn't there? Or they try and incorporate one of those. Alonso. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, that would be good. Um, we also have... Well, there's a few here. We've got a barefoot blogger. Frank, i got to say, mm. you're looking in fine fettle on the new Three Lions video. Really? That's I a, thought that. I thought you were... I think he's just scrubbed up well. Is what? he just standing next to Dave who's gone into a <laughs> decline? Au contraire, what did your partner say when no, we were watching it together? What did Dave, she say? She said, Dave looks great. And you said, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, no, I waited a little <laughs> for the rest of the sentence, <laughs> but there wasn't any. I was sure Sir Jeff looks great in, in, the, in the brief Jeff, moment he's in. Sir Jeff, is um, he has tasted of the forbidden waters. <laughs> <laughs> That's my view of Sir Jeff. I think he met the devil at the crossroads and the devil said, you can live forever if you want to and look great I think that is the reward no one else has tried it if you score a hat trick in a World Cup <laughs> final you basically have eternal youth Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio Frank John Hopkins has been in touch Hopkins. and I'm afraid it's a, a rather damning review oh, of my yeah. efforts so I feel the need to share this with the group Steve's absolutely nailed it. Oh, this is the ampersand challenge. Sorry, I should have said. Steve's absolutely nailed it. Then he's what, done what if this took over from the ice bucket? <laughs> Frank, it's not going to take over from anything. OK. Um, Bosch, done. Next symbol, please. OK, yeah, Steve did absolutely yeah, nail it. but he's gone to Oxfordshire, Cambridge United and things. He knows he's clever. <laughs> it, says, it says a lot about my life. I'm genuinely thrilled by this win. <laughs> He's a cle- very clever man. Yeah, but you've got ampersand um, scars from the past, <laughs> from your D&D's day. Um, for me, Sarah's added an unnecessary flourish, but still passable. <laughs> yeah. And for you? Thanks for that. <laughs> and as much as I respect Emily, now nothing good ever comes after that. No. So let's be honest. Never any, someone... any respect um, preamble. With um, with the greatest respect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here it comes. Like, it's up there with, with the best will in the world. <laughs> Which is why we prefer saying, with slightly less respect. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as I respect Emily, comma, here it comes. That's just a pound sign. Oh. Then there's an emoji, and I don't quite know. It's Do you know the emoji man with the... The sort of like it's like he's got teeth chattering or something. He's got all his teeth bared. Oh yeah, Gr- grimacing. What does he mean? I think yeah, he's sort of someone who's experiencing a, a squirm. What does yeah. it mean? Does it mean it I'm means, stressed? I think it means that it's, it's the face you pull when a doctor puts a stethoscope on your chest. Okay, the cold. Okay, Frank will know about that. Yeah, I had voids. one this week. Did you, did you have that as well? I did. Yeah. What haven't you had? Well, <laughs> let's not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's early days. Yeah. Uh, we've had an excellent Hold suggestion. Hold on, so what did, what did he say about yours then? It's just a well, pound it sign. it gets worse. Then we oh, have he carry, carries TC. on, sorry. What about TC, tone control? Um, S- Steve, arms on desk, smoking a cigarette, knows he's got it right. Nine <laughs> out of ten. Sarah, unexpected serif editions. Seven out of ten. Emily, wait for it. 
It's a great moment for you, Steve. I'm going to let you have it. Unmitigated hieroglyphic disaster. Oh, wow. I love that album. Two out of ten. The only change I'd make to that description is I think Steve would be smoking a herbal cigarette. I do. <laughs> just for his, just for health reasons. Well, it's really got me down. Yeah, it's given me another of my great <laughs> business ideas, which I like to share with my readers. I've met some people very rich out there. Yeah. What about if um, the idea of yours being just like a pound sign? What if there was a shop that, you know, like Poundland, everything's a pound? What about if there was a shop where everything was a buy one, get one free, and it could be called Ampersand Land? Because you always, there's always an and. You always get something and something else. What about that? Uh, Hello. I like no, it. I like no it. comment at this time. Okay. Thank I you. thought that was great. I need mean, a slightly long sign. Oh, I know sign. you did. I know you, you did. a slightly long sign. And you know they have, the way they have the books at Argos, the catalogues on a chain? You need a, a Roger's <laughs> thesaurus <laughs> hanging outside the shop. But I think that could catch on. Okay. Um, Steve, we haven't really talked about what you've been up to. Forgive me, I got so wrapped up in my own world. It's all good. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a totally Tunnock's world. That's more it important. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been the start of uh, Christmas gig season. Uh, oh, of for, course. For comedians. And I did a gig in Birmingham on Thursday night uh, in, a, in a lovely venue, but the heating had broken down uh, and th- uh, it was absolutely freezing. Uh, and they, they, lots, of, lots of Christmas do's. They'd all come in their Christmas jumpers, varying degrees of wacky Christmas jumper. But they were so cold, they all had to wear coats. I've never had a gig like it where they, I could see the audience. They looked like they were laughing because they were genuinely shivering. Well, I once went to, oh. I once went to a record of um, the David Letterman show. I was never actually made the show. <laughs> but I just went to watch. And he deliberately kept the studio, like the whole audience was in their proper winter coats. Mm. And that he, his theory is that that keeps people alert and focused. And at every commercial break, the first thing he did was take his like jacket off and stuff. Wow. It was like, to keep himself yeah. cold as well. Mm. The, lo- that, the logic of that, I mean, the audience were, they were complaining to the stuff they were saying, this is, you know, it's not the comedian's fault. To the staff. To, to the staff, sorry. Okay. That's, <laughs> and that's, that's, teeth, that's how you view the people that work with <laughs> <in> venues. <laughs> my teeth were genuinely chattering on stage. It was wow, that, so. hey, that's... <laughs> could you see your own jokes? Yeah, yeah I, could see, <laughs> I could see breath coming off. I would have just walked out. No, but it's an interesting <laughs> theory, because if you... I have done gigs in places that were super hot, like in the hot weather and without air conditioning, and they can slightly start to slumber... A bit. So um, I, I think it's an interesting idea yeah. to keep them cold and they'll be bold. <laughs> and then I also this week, I had a... Um, I was reminded of this because you talked about the supernatural moment with uh, David Baddiel's phone. Yeah. I had, a, I had my first... I had a, a late-blooming phobia of dentists. Um, I'd never had a problem with a dentist ever, 
and then my previous one, when I still lived in London, I had a full-on panic attack, was wriggling like I was being waterboarded, and the dentist openly laughed in my face oh. at how pathetic I was being. Um, and so I went, it, that is, that's not the right approach. And so it, it had stayed with me more, almost more than a, a Dungeons and Dragons ampersand that had stayed with me. So I finally plucked up the courage. Now we've moved to Oxford. I've got a new dentist, and they, they're fantastic. And it was my first. I, knew, I was aware it probably need quite a lot of work. She took so long to calm me down. She was talking me through everything that was going to happen. Uh, there was classical music playing in the background. One of the classical radio stations was playing, and I was ready for the process to begin. And at the very moment she she launched in on me the classical music went dun 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 and oh, it, was, it was Beethoven's fifth of course started oh, I at guess the that. very moment that <laughs> I don't trust my own musical performance and it was it, it sort of weirdly helped because we I laughed and she laughed uh, and it was a uh, it, it sort of helped me get through but it, it felt like there was some sort of divine spectator Want well, to mark the drama? Uh, one of my favourite uh, jokes, I think, was a Ross Abbott joke. Was oh. um, was Beethoven arguing with his wife? They're having a massive row, and she says, "I'm leaving you, Beethoven. I can't. I can't live like this." And she and he says, "You can't leave me. You're my inspiration." She says, "Me, your inspiration." Ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it's such. It's a joke. This guy, everything. <laughs> respect. If it was Ross Abbott, m- much I respect him. I um, can I say I watched um, I watched the second trailer for Harry and Meghan this week, and I found myself um, croaking at the television because there's a bit where he says, uh, "No one knows the whole truth. We know the whole truth." <laughs> and I, was, you said, "No one." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like you know, no one. No one, but sort of we do. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? No, well, I think we do. We do know. Well, the royal family must have their own truth you couldn't possibly conceive of. Oh, I, oh, God. God. Oh, we don't have it. Oh. Well, did you see they, in that trailer they've used fake footage as well? I know they oh. used the footage of, um, was it, it Katie? Katie Price Katie arriving. Katie Price, second. Yeah. Do you know what? Never underestimate <laughs> the pricey. No, who'd have thought she'd have gone into that? And also, I think it's also a Harry Potter premiere. Yes, yeah, yeah. And Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's old lawyer. Look, I'm not taking sides here. I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but um, you can't say no one knows the whole truth. We know the whole truth. That there must have been a massive edit in between, <laughs> in which he did all the qualifiers and <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, Frank, are we going to win the football tonight? Um, well, what I like about the, the way the football's been talked about is all about Mbappe, the great French striker, who is brilliant, but I firmly believe that Harry Kane is the best striker in the world, having watched so much of him when uh, you know, watching the Black Cockerel with my child. And um, I, um, I'm thinking if it comes to a sort of head-to-head that, you're, that the complete Kane will, uh, will triumph. That, that's what I think will happen. Oh. By the way, we talked about Christ Hospital the other week. And as I remember, it cropped up. But I, rem- I remember talking about... Uh, Sorry, yeah, it's the idea 
of any other commercial breakfast yeah. radio it's a, show. It's a school saying, rather than... By the way, we talked about Christ's hospital. It's a school where the kids wear robes and long yellow socks. Uh, Angela Barnes had done a gig there, that's her. Oh, yes. that's her, yeah. Um, thank, thank God you're here, Steve. And, uh, yeah, official, uh, official record keeper. Yeah, I love it. And we were talking about the fact that the kids wear robes and also that... Um, that Gene Simmons, the um, Kiss bass guitarist, had done a reality TV show version of School of Rock there. And I meant I made the point that it is a very posh school. They dress in robes. But in fact, most of the kids there are on bursaries and stuff and are not posh mm-hmm. kids. They're kids who are getting a chance for a really good education. And Christ Hospital, very grateful I'd made that point, and they sent me a teddy bear in full robes oh, and two massive, oh, massive pairs there. of yellow socks for me. <laughs> Brilliant. To wear, which is very oh. exciting. I've done, I've done was it from there. Medieval it's Times? A, you've done a gig there. Yeah, it's Sorry. stunning. How was it's, the heating? The heating was good. <laughs> the okay. gig was in the round. It was. Uh, they had a little theatre space. It's one of the few oh. places that's got a theatre in the round. It's not what you want with the ball patches. <laughs> oh. I've accepted that long ago. Hi. I like the, it's very flattering of you to you call know. it a patch. You know, I know, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a very flattering. I'm a very supportive <laughs> kind of a guy. Um, by the way, there was a, a Christmas... Um, I know we, have, we run out of time, but we had, there was a Christmas concert at my son's school this week, and he played bass. Uh, um, and he couldn't resist doing the Gene Simmons Excellent. crouch with the tongue sticking out. Well, in the middle of once in Royal David City. Well, it, was actually, uh, it was actually sparkle and shine, <laughs> which just did, it just did. It. Uh, but anyway, it, it was enjoyable. Oh, marvellous. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Steve Hall. You can text the show at 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Oh, I need another inhale. Oh, we had a good message about my circular inhaler that fires white powder into me. We did. It was from uh, 234. He said, Frank may be interested to know that... I'm going to start again. My mic, I'd slightly... I know, I was. I, th- I thought I'd gone... You know, when you go deaf and you've got... Some <laughs> no, I'm going to be... Full disclosure, I was showing off and I was wrapping my scarf around myself in a flamboyant manner to do, try do, and it, make you laugh. During the Kravitz. <laughs> during the Kravitz. Kravitz. And I knocked my mic. I made a bit of a fool of myself. It's all right. <laughs> OK, let's start again. Two, three, four. Frank may be interested to know that medics are trying to get asthmatics to use only powder-driven inhalers. These have to be sucked on hard rather than gas-driven. These, this is to cut down on greenhouse gases, and that's from Jim Gibson, who describes himself as a fellow asthmatic. You're well, not... I'm, I'm not actually asthmatic. Okay. I've just got something at the moment. But um, that's interesting news. Mm. Whoever thought... I See, I've always seen those blue-green inhaler periscope things as a symbol of peace and kindness and goodness. It turns <laughs> out they were destroying yes. the planet. Like the wood-burning stove, which is my new obsession. If you've got one of those, get peeve. rid of it. Yeah, they're bad. Disgusting. Bad, bad, bad. Um, burning stove. Oh, terrible things. I mean, don't get me started on them. I am becoming that the old the, lady who writes to the council. It's the particulates that they yes. launch into the atmosphere. Selfish is that right? things. Of we've gone very environmental. Tax- <laughs> very Georges Monbiot. Taxi Joe. <laughs> don't know who that is. Taxi Joe. Taxi Joe. The Green Badger. Yeah. Oh, hi. Morning, says Taxi Joe the Green Badger. 
Right. Respond, Frank. I feel Mor- morning, Taxi Joe. <laughs> the, the Green Badger. Yeah. Daddy Cool Cat. Taxi Joe the Green Badger says, didn't that Mbappe used to be in EastEnders? What a transformation. <laughs> Come on, England. Yes, I think he's referring to uh, Beppe. <laughs> Beppe. Yes. Who was uh, Michael Greco, of course. Lovely, Frank. Uh, in, um, who used to do uh, the advertising, <laughs> the telly. You could go and uh, play golf in uh, Enjoy the Marbella Sun with Michael Greco. It's like a golfing weekend. Do you, you know, do I fun. feel... I feel um, Michael Greco probably does a lot of enjoying the Marbella Sun, and good on him. Yeah, good on him. He's earned, he's earned it. J- meanwhile, JTL, Jackie Bunnett. Okay. He's he's taken issue, Frank, with some of your. Whilst we're on the subject of the England team, yes. Frank Skinner just said on Absolute Radio that Harry Kane is the best striker in the world. Now, what follows is a suggestion that you've perhaps been imbibing at, at an early time of the morning in order to say something like that. Well, I had my white powder save the planet inhaler. Essentially, <laughs> he strongly disagrees. OK, well, you know, it's, it's a game of opinions, but like I say, I've watched him a lot and I feel he's the complete, the complete yeah. footballer in many ways. You could play Harry Kane in midfield and he would still devastate yeah. the opposition. I think we'd agree here. We've all, we've all, we're, we've all got World Cup fever. It Look, might be if, the World Cup fever talking. If, I don't think it is that, though. I, Harry mm. Kane, I think the problem is for a lot of people is Harry Kane, he doesn't have peroxide blonde um, uh, mohawk and tattoos and hasn't been photographed with a supermodel outside yeah, the yeah. nightclub. He's a proper, solid, professional footballer, but a genius. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I stand... I'm no Tottenham fan. I don't stand to gain anything from this. No, exactly. But, you know, all right, JT. <laughs> we'll see who does best this... tonight. We'll see it, JT. Beppe. Yes. Beppe. Beppe from EastEnders. Beppe from Michael Greco. There must have been a Harry in um, EastEnders over the years. You see, if Mbappe had any humour about him, he would get Michael Greco to put a shirt on and come on. Just to, just, to, just for <laughs> ten seconds to shake people up a bit. Yeah. Come on, have a I sense think of humour. That would, that would allow for a lot of international <laughs> knowledge. There. I don't know if I could go on as a French soap opera <laughs> character that would take some doing he's a great player you know mm. um, one day he might even be as good as Harry Kane Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio do you remember we did that ampersand Christmas game yeah it's, it's become a, a, a already a professionally made yeah. board game Oh, what? The uh, ACG? ITV are bumping the, uh, the <laughs> quarterfinal tonight for percent. It's not on ITV, is it, tonight? <laughs> I worry that it might be. No, no they've broken because. the curse now. Okay. okay. The curse is over. Uh, what's lovely is it had uh, Sarah's uh, other half, I don't know if I'm allowed to name, but Matt, he's liked the... Uh, as, a, as an act of support. He's like Sarah. Yeah, he's like oh, Sarah. Don't say nothing about lovely. mine. Lovely, yeah. that's Must true. Be love. Interesting to be in a relationship like that. Kath would have said liked Steve's. Probably. Yes. <laughs> no, she'd have liked yours, Em. No, she, um, no one would have liked mine. Let's be straight. But she would have said Steve's is amazing. <laughs> I know she would have done. <laughs> I, I didn't do one happily, so that was no. uh, that got me off the hook. You mentioned um, uh, your totally tonics hamper earlier. Mm. <laughs> uh, and two, 245 has texted to say the white goo is referred to as mallow uh, once <laughs> oh of course <laughs> well what's the marsh then <laughs> 
Is that mallow taken from some sort of damp area of ground in the early hours of the morning? Gathered like cuckoo's bit. <laughs> I, maybe they've just been really friendly with Marshmallow and it's... I, I mean, talk about bedfellows. Those yeah. two. Marsh? Are you all right? Why did Marsh get in on the action? Yeah, it's got it's no business mallow. being there. What are the other kinds of Mallow? <laughs> uh, they carry Swamp. on. Swamp? Swamp Mallow? <laughs> Bog? Yeah. 245 carries on. Once at a birthday party when I was seven. The eight. Argentine, they love the Pampas, um, <laughs> Pampas mallow. mallow. Oh, well, you know what that means. What's that? Do you not know what that? If you, if you put pampas mallow outside your house, well, you, we know what that means. Yeah, it means. Do you know about that? Steve? I, I've heard. I've heard about it. I think probably from this show. In we fact. won't say what it is, but it means that you're you like socialising with other couples a great deal. Yes. 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 Okay. Great use of the word socialising. <laughs> yes, lovely. Uh, they continue. Once at a birthday party when I was seven, I ate three tonic snowballs, then went on the bouncy castle. You can guess the result. I've not eaten a snowball since I turned 42 yesterday. Oh, wow. We, I mean, you overdid it. We can't, we can't, that's not Tonic's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, there's been a moment when he, he went not. You know when you make those, um, those volcanoes with baking powder? Have you seen that? And they suddenly, it all fires out the top. Must have been like that on the Bouncy Castle. Does, is mallow, mallow everywhere. <laughs> Does Mallow, who, who made? Mallow Who invented man. Mallow? Imagine who invented Mallow? Mallow? 8, 12, 15. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, my grandfather invented Mallow. Oh, yeah, we've... Uh, I've lived... I'm the, oh, you're the... the Mallow uh, You're the I'm, Mallow yes. Air, yeah. My father was big in the Mallow industry. <laughs> yeah. The mysterious Mallow Air. He'd be called Mallow Man or something, wouldn't he? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Like James Mallow III. Yeah, oh, oh. I don't know if it was named after him. How it do we know? Been. It might be. Well, it's part... I mean, I don't know enough about... I've only just uh, found out it's called Mallow. <laughs> I haven't had time to uh, research. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. By the way... Um, uh, another friend of the show, Martin Cheek, who you may know, you may remember, um, is a uh, illustrator. Has sent me his Christmas card this year. I mean, he, one that he made. He says, uh, "Frank, it turns out that, that uh, this card is my equivalent of your Johnny Ray impersonation. I did Johnny Ray <laughs> on um, Stars in the Rise, and so no one knows who he was. <laughs> in that, no one has heard of Sir Edwin Landseer either. That is incorrect. I, I have." have. Edwin Landseer, who um, you're maybe best known for the lions around um, Nelson's column, which mm-hmm. he's done a little drawing of. But also he's he's done a... The, the card is a mock version of Monarch of the Glen, not the TV show, but the, um, the, the painting of a stag, which shows a stag rampol, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> not couchant. Rampol. You rarely see a painting of a stag couchon unless it's in a religious context, I find. I agree. OK, thanks for agreeing with that. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought I should. Uh, I would like to take us... We sometimes deal with... We call it previously on this show. Yeah, sort of previously on ER. I just heard, I just heard the, uh, the jingle for it. Uh, Did uh, you? For the first time Yeah, I wish I ago. could find it. OK. And I play it for While it. you're Let looking me, I, for it, can I share this with you? Oh, no, I've got it. All right. 
The idea is that we, a lot of people listen to the show on podcast, and obviously I'd rather you listen to it live because I don't want you to miss my fantastic music selections. Nevertheless, um, people have quite strong opinions about things that have been said, and I don't want them to be lost in the ether. Mm. And so uh, that is yeah. why. No, it's nice. I remember back in the day, it used to be email corner. Email corner, yeah, but um, times have changed. So i tell you what I really feel we need to return to. I thought you to. were going to do um, a bit of Spice Girls then. <laughs> yeah, but I would have liked it if I'd have done it in that voice. I'll tell you what I really feel. Yeah. Um, I will tell you. Do you remember we had, we covered... A topic. Uh, I'm calling it what the worst nickname you've ever heard. Yes, we I had can't remember where what it emanated. I I discovered a nickname which I thought was really poo. I'm looking to Steve now. He's not <laughs> on the show though, but but seems to have a really good memory. Hmm. Um, but I was talking about a very rubbish nickname I'd seen, and some nicknames. I don't know why people bother. They're so terrible. And we had some good examples, none of which I can remember. Yes, <laughs> but I feel we've got some more. Oh, I mean, this. I think I'm going to go sensational. Okay. Uh, I'm enjoying. First of all, kick off with Samantha. My daughter has been called Chicken Boy since she was a baby. Okay. I was cuddling her and calling her Mommy's Chicken Pie. Mommy. Right. A bit American. <laughs> My eldest daughter asked, "Are you calling her Chicken Boy?" I said, "I wasn't, but I am now." She's now 21, and all Christmas and birthday cards are addressed to Chicken Boy. We have wow. Emma. I worked with a chap whose nickname was Figgy. His real name was Graham. A client rang and Graham answered it. It was his first day. The client asked who he was and then said, I know everyone who works in this department and there's nobody called Graham. You must be a figment of my imagination. So he became Figment, which morphed into Figgy. Yeah. Even the His chairman... mother calls him Figment. <laughs> Everyone else calls him Figgy. Even the chairman of the bank we worked for calls him Fig. That's, That's really, Emma. really remarkable. Yeah. A chicken boy. I don't know how Colonel Harlan Sanders <laughs> would feel about it. That's surely the... Can I make a point? Now, you said that, oh, mommy, M-O-M-M-Y, mm. oh, the American. Mm. Uh, uh, that's exactly what fat boy slim Norman Cook said to me after he read my oh. autobiography. Did you grow up in America? Because you've written M-O-M for your ah. mom. But I don't know what the M-U-M thing is. I've never said mom in my mm. life. I say mom. My mom. And so it's a real mystery to me, the M-U-M. I don't know, would, would you say mum of your mum? Uh, I, sure I, I guess I it's a real, but I wouldn't say mummy. It's like, you know, I oh, would, hello, I mum. would. Hello, mum. That kind of you thing. wouldn't say mum. Well, sort of, hello, John got on maybe, your yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a black country thing, but I it's, think it it's is. M-O-M for me all okay, the way. Okay, okay. Just to clarify, Ruth, our regular, has confirmed mom is a brummy thing, Emily. We say it mom, so we spell it mom, not mum. Oh, okay. so that is it's a weird yeah. combination, the black country and America. <laughs> I just wanted you to know you're not alone. No, that's it's good to know. That's always good to know that. And there, there you're been not a, alone. There have been a number of people, Tom as well. Uh, Mom is old. Tom, as they. Funnily <laughs> enough, I did know Toms, who people used to call Tom and Tommy. <laughs> 
This is interesting. I remember a mate saying, I see uh, Tommy Jones down uh, Albury. It was a bloke called Tommy Jones. Tommy Jones. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Mom is Old English. And oh. so that explains why you're... Because that's what you would call Because I am yeah. both old and English. Yeah, <laughs> sort of Chaucerian spelling. Um, and used in the Midlands, mum is the modern spelling. Mum is used in the USA as the old English was taken over and didn't develop. Oh, what an interesting... Th- oh, I love our readers. And then Tom says, bug up, chase town. Do you know what that means? Bog up, chase town. I no. thought it was a Birmingham thing. <laughs> it might be, but it's, it's, it's... And also Faye, our assistant producer at the moment... Um, as um, pointed out that the nickname came from my discussion of being Johnny Ray on <laughs> um, Stars in the Rise and that Johnny Ray had um, what I thought was a rubbish nickname. He was known as the Nabob of Sob because he used to cry on stage. But uh, We talk about ampersand, but how many people know what a Nabob yeah, yeah. is? And it's a sort of an Eastern leader, but not generally. It's, I, yeah, I only know it from the New York Times spelling bee. It's one of those obscure words that oh, comes okay. up in word games. But it makes me think of the theme tune to Neighbours. Neighbob. <laughs> Everybody needs good neighbors. I suppose you do need a good neighbor. Yeah. Sort of benevolent. A medieval benevolent neighbors. Yeah. Uh, we do I have... Don't know, but it is a worry unless you're... Um, um, Unless you're someone like Kanye, when nabobs become good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's we, the problem. We have a lot of uh, Mallow content. Oh. But before we get to that, I just want to share quickly with you, let's round off previously, because I need to share this. Lauren, uh, or Laurent, I'm going to call her. It looks French. A co-worker, this is nickname still, we're on the subject of. We have a co-worker called Hot Pants because the batteries for his vape started smoking in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) They could have gone so many ways with that, couldn't they? But they went for hot pants. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Frank Skinner. Skinner. We've had a plethora of uh, Mallow-related outside world interaction. Okay. Oh, yeah. Milton Tweets 3 has said, Morning, folks. The mallow plant from which the roots were used to make the confectionery grows along riverbanks and in marshes. Oh, wow. And they continue. For some reason, I always conflate it in my head with marsh-loving children's TV character Willow the Wisp. Oh, yeah. Oh. As voiced by... Yes. <laughs> That's okay. nice to hear from John Mallow Martin. the Wisp, he should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So I could go and pick Mallow and make my own (laughs) snowballs. uh, We have um, Giant Thinkhole says, All I know is that I planted one when I was young and something something grew, but it turned out to be an onion. I'm still not quite sure how that happened. (laughs) No. I mean, my thoughts and prayers. I think. uh, But I suspect my mom, M O A, had something to do with it. I think um, tonics would have been brought to its knees with its <laughs> onion snowballs. <laughs> Steve Burgess says, a quick Google suggests the ancient Egyptians first started eating marshmallow reserved for royalties and gods, and the mallow plant was found in the marshes. The root of the plant soothes coughs and sore throats, so Frank can oh, dispense with his inhaler. No, I can get rid of the inhaler and hit the snowballs. I've got plenty. Oh, not those snowballs. No. Yeah, you know... I don't know what that Advoca- means. No, it was Advoca- oh, avocado. Avoca- and... Um, Lemonade. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Uh, I oh, know Christmas. 
even though I, I feel we've um, we've taken a left out of previously, I'd just like to dip briefly back in there. Okay. Just a quick glance in the rearview mirror. My dad's boss at British Leyland in the late 70s. <laughs> I mean, already I like, I'm all over like this. So <laughs> Keith worked at British Leyland. It's so our Keith, this. Was called the Frightened Balloon. This is because every Friday he'd go around asking... You're not going to let me down for overtime on the Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Very fine. (laughs) Very fine. That might be in my top 20 ever. The Frightened Balloon. balloon. That's a long nickname as well, but worth it. I'd love to know what Arky thinks of that if he's listening. He might have even known the Frightened Balloon. (laughs) Maybe he was the Frightened Balloon. Did he do Leyland? No. I told you, Keith... um, was actually photographed in the the most classic trade union pose outside of British Leyland on the not photographed filmed on the news, saying thinking the management are not making this any better, and he was actually as he spoke to the reporter was warming his hands on a wait for it brazier, brazier. I on mean, a Jeff brazier on a Jeff brazier it was on Did fire. Did he have at donkey time. jacket on? Um, he had all that and a woolly hat. Yeah. Uh, so look, um, thanks for joining us, Steve. It's always it's always an absolute thanks for having me pleasure. Um, who knows what might happen tonight? But I do think we've got um, some exceptionally talented players, and I just think it's one of those moments of football. I know there's other things wrong with this World Cup, but when football just like it feels like everybody except Faye who hates football and has said she's <laughs> definitely not watching, everybody gets. If 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 England win, you just know tomorrow there's going to be a glow in the air, which is beautiful. And also the people there won't smash anything up because they can't get their hands on alcohol. It sounds like a great country in that re- one respect, certainly. So look, um, thanks for listening to us listening to us this morning. Uh, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out.